The following conversation with Donovan Adderley about his son Deshaun, bullying, suicide, and racism, originally aired January 5, 2018, on the Radical Songbook on KPOV, 88.9 FM, High Desert Community Radio, in Bend, Oregon. The Radical Songbook is hosted by Michael Funky. It is a two-hour show highlighting the role that music plays in social justice and protest, and it airs Fridays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time. I'm tired of moon songs, of star and of June songs. They simply make me nap. And ditties romantic drive me nearly frantic. I think they're all full of pap. History's making, nations are quaking. Why sing of stars above? For while we are waiting, Father Time's creating new things to be singing of. Sing me a song with social significance. All other tunes are taboo. I want a ditty with heat in it, appealing with feeling and meat in it. We open the show, the show being the Radical Songbook, as we always do, with Sing Me a Song of Social Significance. Recorded by Rosemary Joan in 1962 on the 25th anniversary of the only all-union production that premiered on Broadway in 1937, Pins and Needles. Welcome to the Radical Songbook, Sisters and Brothers. Here at 88.9 FM, kpov.org, High Desert Community Radio, where we are streaming live and archived at kpov.org. Before I get too far along, I should tell you that uh, the views and opinions expressed here on the Radical Songbook are mine alone or those of my guests, and I will have a guest, and do not reflect the views of the KPOV Board of Directors, KPOV staff, underwriters, sponsors, or any other DJs or volunteers. A presentation, a video screening, and community workshop by the national organization Not In Our Town, slash Not In Our Schools. That'll be on March 5th and March 6th at COCC. Patrice O'Neill, an old friend of mine who's the executive director of Not In Our Town, will lead a presentation and workshop as the community comes together to discuss and organize ways to prevent and respond to bullying, hate, and bigotry in our schools and in our town. If you want more information about that, you can go to niot.org. That's Not In Our Town. And you can also go to coccedu slash mcc-events. That's coccedu slash mcc-events. My guest is the father of a young man who uh, died from suicide recently. And uh, it's, this has been a very challenging show uh, to put together. And... Uh, Whereas a lot of times when I'll send out an email about my show, I don't hear anything. I heard a lot back from people when I sent out an email reminder about this uh, from a lot of people. Um, most of it was positive. I, well, I'd say all of it was positive. There were some concerns that were raised and uh, about what exactly we were going to be doing. And I guess I just want to stress to you that, um, uh in my opinion, and I'll say this later on too, that, you know, I know that this is a painful, difficult and challenging topic. Um, and uh, what what we'll be doing today is in no way going to be an all-encompassing discussion, right? And it's part of an ongoing 
process that uh, and just, you know I think the discussion and anything that comes out of any of these discussions is part of an ongoing process that needs to continue on several levels in the schools, in the community, in the home, in the media, including here at KPOV. So today we're simply going to reach out. We're going to hear from one person who lost a son and who has said that he wants to reach out to parents and children to prevent both bullying and suicide. It's it's uh, his way of honoring his son. And um, I am feel honored to uh, that he will be here with me soon and, and that uh, KPOV can uh, provide him the, the opportunity uh, to do this. One of the people I did hear from um, yesterday um, is uh, – Somebody who's way more informed and more, more of an expert on this this whole issue than I am, David Vesico, who's with the uh, Deschutes County Health Services, and uh, he was able to provide me some some information. We he and I had a conversation uh, on the phone last night, and uh, you know he he made some points, and I think it's it's worth uh, my acknowledging and just sort of telling you what 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 he has what he said to me he was able to send me some emails this morning an email this morning and uh he says uh you know that it, he feels that it's important and I don't disagree with him at all that it's important to recognize that suicide is complex that there are always uh almost that there are almost always and I'm quoting from him there are almost always multiple causes including psychiatric illness that may not have been recognized or treated uh Research shows that 90% of suicide shows a, a mental disorder or substance abuse of people who have died by suicide. He goes on to say, focusing on bullying as the cause of death of a death by suicide leaves the public with an overly simplistic and misleading understanding of suicide. And so um, that's not my intention um, to uh, leave anybody to be overly simplistic or to, to mislead anyone uh, about the events that transpired, uh, but but at the same time, I think we have to acknowledge that there was some bullying uh, and interactions between students um, that led up to um, uh, Deshaun Adderley um, dying from suicide on December fourteenth, and so that's some of this, you know. But I'm you know I really I really appreciate. What um, David Vesicos has has provided me uh, information about this this uh, stuff, and, and you know, like I say, I, I we've had conversations here at KPOV with other other show hosts. We're going to continue to try and uh, talk about this issue because we think it's an important thing. We think it's something that it's what community radio is all about. In my opinion, is talking about both the good and the bad, you know, the, the things that happen in our community that, that, that need to be need to be aired. And we, we always try to uh, err on the side of caution. We always try to uh, do, do the right thing. Um, and so that's what we're doing here. So David Vesico from Deschutes County Health Services, if I could give you any contact information that I would suggest is important um, about this issue, it would be his. Uh, and uh, the Deschutes County Health Services, and, and their phone number is 541-388-6606. That's not a hotline. That's a phone number, 541-388-6606. 
And, you know, David can be, he can be contacted at D-A-V-I-D dot V-I-S-I-K-O at Deschutes.org. That's D-A-V-I-D dot V-I-S-I-K-O. So there's a number of, of resources that are available in the commu- to the community. In fact, the bulletin uh, today on page 5 has a list of some resources that are available. First and foremost, and I'm just going to cite these here, emergency calls to 911 uh, or to your local ER, the Deschutes County Health Services 24-hour crises hotline, uh, which is uh, 541-322-7500. I'm not sure that's the right. Uh, let me let me double check on that. Sorry. Deschutes County. Yeah, here it is. Deschutes County 24-hour crises line. 541-322-7500, extension 9. The Crook County 24-hour crises line is one eight six six. Six three eight seven one zero three. So those are two numbers that are really important. Deschutes County twenty four hour crisis line five four one three two two seven five zero zero extension nine and Crook County twenty four hour crisis line one eight six 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 three eight seven one zero three. Um, David Basico sent me a a lot of information, and I, and I'm just not going to be able to. Uh, provide you over the air all of the resources that he spoke to me about. Those are the critical. Those are the critical ones. There's the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline, which is 800-273-TALK. T A L K. That's eight two seven eight hundred two seven three eight two five five. Or you can go to www suicidepreventionlifeline.org. So those are some of the resources that are available. Hi, this is Elise Bryant, and you're tuned in to The Radical Songbook on 88.9 KPOV High Desert Community Radio. So I do have a guest in today, and uh, we'll get to that in just a second here. Uh, but I do want to again reiterate what I said at the beginning of the show that today's show we are going to be discussing a, a, a painful and a difficult and challenging topics, uh, bullying and, and, and suicide. And uh, I need to be clear, this is not intended to be, uh, nor could it even be, an all-encompassing discussion of these issues. Um, that discussion and the resulting actions would be part of a, or need to be part of a, uh, a law, an ongoing process that needs to continue on several levels in the schools, in the community, in the home, in the media, including KPOV. And, and as community radio, we feel it's important to play a responsible role in this conversation. So today we are simply going to hear from one person who lost a son and wants to reach out to other parents and children to help prevent um, suicide. On December 14, 2017, there were two Central Oregon High School students, uh, one at Summit High and one at Redmond High, who, who died of suicide. And sadly, the, those are not the only local students who have died from suicide in recent years. We, we know more about the suicide of Deshaun Adderley, 14-year-old freshman at Summit High, because his father, Donovan Adderley, decided to speak with the local media about it. 
Donovan Adderley spoke with Pedro Quintana, a reporter at KTVZ, News Channel 21. And seeing that report, reading that report online, um, led me to search out Mr. Adderley and with the help of fellow KPOV DJ Terrell Young, who will be on the air later tonight, uh, Terrell helped me to make contact with Donovan Adderley and we met for breakfast a few weeks ago. And I've invited him to join me today to provide an opportunity to expand a bit on what he had to say on television a few weeks ago. So, Mr. Adderley, welcome to KPOV. Good morning, Michael. How are you doing? Sir? I'm good. Get that, let's get this microphone a little closer to you here. So, good, uh, good. There you go. That's better, yeah. So we appreciate you coming on air with us today. And, and of course, I mean, I, I as I've we're really I, I mean i just can't imagine what you and your family have gone through we're deeply sorry thank you entire community kpov family is deeply sorry about what happened and and uh and, and hope that you're doing as well as you possibly can under the circumstances yes so. i'm trying it's an everyday process but we're making it work so can you tell our listeners why uh why why you decided to talk to to KTVZ and why why you're willing to to be here? What not not everybody would be able or want to do that. Why why would you do? Why do you want to do it? Um, because one of the reasons is um, I don't want this to happen to any more any other kid in the community. And um, you mentioned earlier that in the past there were a few suicides, you know, in the school and. Um, I heard of one of them in the past, and I only heard about it through social media, Facebook and whatever else, you know, people talking about it. But there wasn't much of an awareness to it. Um, I guess I felt it more when it actually happened at home to me because I heard the news. And why didn't I stand up back then when it happened at Ben High or any other time that I heard about it? I didn't, you know, and I felt guilt about it. Um, when it happened to me and my son, um, I felt that it was time that people should be more aware and understand what's really going on, you know, um, with the kids and trying to be a little closer to their kids because it's reality. It's going on, you know. I I couldn't imagine it happening to me until it did two weeks ago. And um, I don't wish that on nobody, so... If there's anything I could do to prevent it and help any kid in the community, I'm willing to do that. And uh, that's the reason why when KTV called me and asked me if they can talk to me, I did. I didn't even second guess it. I did. I wanted to say something. I wanted to speak out. And that's why I'm here today, because I wanted to speak out. I want to say something. Um, I want my son's life to mean something. I want him to live on. I want him to be able to, you know, help his situation, let the kids learn from it. I don't want to hide it. I don't want to put it under the rug, you know. Um, we're not going to do it personal. We're going to make this public. We're going to try to help people from the situation. That's what I want to do. So in a way, you're, you're honoring your son. By yes. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Can you... Can you um I know that when we had breakfast, you talked about how you were, you were, you were, you were close to your son. Yes. Um, you know, I have four boys. My oldest son is actually my stepson. That's his biological brother. So 
Deshaun is my first son. He's the first time I ever felt that that love. You know, um, the first time my heart skipped a beat because my son cried. He's the first experience I ever had in that. Um, I'm close with all of my kids, uh, but we had a lot of, in common. You know, Deshaun, even when I was going through my little separation with my family during the time that all, this all happened, um, he was the one that wanted to be with me, you know. Uh, he was with me. Um, I was really close with him. We did a lot of things together. We li- we pretty much liked the same kind of music. Sometimes he would come, Daddy, can you hear, uh, did you hear this song before, you know? And now that he's gone, I, I feel like I'm behind now. Like, he's not bringing me any of the new stuff and you know, we were close. We we did a lot of things together. We played video games together. I played video games with him. Um, we were close. I I love my kids, and I pride myself on being there for them. You know, that's yeah. one of the things I did as a father. Is pride myself on being there for my kids, having them all under one roof and being there for them. So you told KTVZ that that Deshaun had a million dollar smile. Yes, and would brighten the room. Everybody said he would brighten the room when he walked in. Yes. Um, did you hear about the service? The turnout was just tremendous. I, I, I didn't. Was, I know that there was a service held at a, lo- at a local church. Yes, Mission Church. And yeah. thank you, Mission Church, for everything y'all done for us, my family. And actually, I want to say thank you to the community before I forget to everybody for their support. Um, I didn't know my son touched so many people and so many kids. I have so many letters and so many... Um, People wanted to tell me how much they're going to miss him and, you know, how much people he was connected to and involved in and how many houses he was at without me even knowing. Like, my kid was everywhere. I did not know, you know, um, that much. of Because he was always gone, but he would say, Daddy, I want to go skate with my friends downtown or wherever. And I let him go, but I didn't know he was running into so many people as like there were so many people that talked to me personally that knew my kid, and I didn't know them at all. I, like I told the church, it was maybe ten percent of the people in the church that I knew personally, and everybody else there was someone that knew him from either um, Pilot Butte School or Skyview or Summit, wherever he went. He always made friends, you know that that last. You know, friends that he still kept in contact with. And it was just crazy when I saw the amount of people that showed up for the support of my son. Um, it was overwhelming you, for me. You, you, In the KTVZ interview, you alluded to that there were some things that were going on in your household that were you and your wife were yes. were, were splitting up and that those were yes. issues. And you, you, you acknowledged that. Yes. Um, I think that that you said that you thought that maybe he was was depressed. That, um, but but you you never really um, were able were able to have. He he wasn't in treatment or anything like that. No. Just, um, the thing about that is, Michael is uh, the reason why I mentioned that because um, we'll get to the letter that was on Facebook from the school later. But uh, the reason why I mentioned that is my son I can't hear you go ahead just go ahead what was the question 
Oh, uh, the oh, I'm sorry. That I uh, just you know what was did he he you didn't have him in any kind of treatment for depression or anything like that. You were just but you you, you would express some concern that that he might have been feeling a bit depressed. Okay. Yes. 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 Um, no, we didn't get him. I did try to uh, to sign him up for. I think it was called a behavioral. It's a program. It's something behavioral, uh, mental. It's a program here that I was recommended to sign him up for, which in I did sign him up, but um, through everything we were going through, he missed his first appointment. Um, but I already had him on to the juvenile system uh, counselor because the school turned him over to the juvenile system because of the little petty stuff he was doing in school. And um, at that time, I was wondering why he was doing that, but I didn't know that he was actually going through so much. Um, when That's what I was asking when I missed miss your question is uh, we was talking about the separation and his how he took that. Um, my son actually came to me crying on two occasions, and um, that's when I knew. That's when I knew that something needs to be done. Something is is wrong because, <clears throat> um, as he was thirteen, fourteen, he started to, you know, not talk to me about personal things anymore. Kind of doing his own thing. So, to me, I just thought some of his accents was just a normal teenager thing until he started to cry out to me. Um, he actually hugged me and cried to me and told me that, Daddy, I feel empty inside. Um, I don't want to be here no more, you know? And What what do you think that was? The, what? He was crying out to me for help. Yeah. Um, and that was, at that point in time, in my mind, I knew that we was going through stuff at the house, separation. You know, I was at a friend's house. He would sometimes want to be with me. He would sometimes want to be with um, his stepmom and his brothers. And um, that was one of the things he said. He said, I want everything to go back the way it was. So he was going through his own depression at the house. Um, I noticed it with his change of appearance. Um he shaved his head. He was he took pride in it, growing his hair because I had long dreads. I had long hair, you know. And um so he took pride in growing his hair out and one day he was at school and came home with it shaved and not properly shaved. He just like went into this depression at school and shaved his head off. Um we noticed that. I didn't want to pressure him too much. I said, come on, son, let's go to a friend of mine. And I took him to one of my friends at his house. And he's come, I mean, uh, it give it, yeah, give his hair a better look than it was. Um, at that same time, he was carving, I don't even know if to call them tattoos, but carving um, the Star of David in, underneath his eye. He was doing stuff that wasn't, you know, it wasn't normal, especially not for him. That wasn't him. So he was reaching out to me at that point in time. Um, I just wish now, today, 
that's why I'm on this radio station and that's why I'm talking to the media. I wish now today that I, me, Donovan, his father, did pay more attention on what was going on to him, which and I tried. I tried to ask him, but teenage kids, just like the police was there on December 14th and they brought a social worker there to talk to him. They was asking him the same questions I was asking him. Um, he wouldn't give much answer, you know. Uh, these kids are like, they don't want to call names or they don't want to talk on their friend. They don't want to get somebody else in trouble, you know. Um, stuff like that, that I'm asking him, Shawnee, what's going on? Do you have, you know, issues? Was, uh, nothing really, you know. Um, when it's too much, he would come and say, because he did mention that somebody at the school was messing with him. But he didn't say it in a, I'm scared of this person or I don't, you know. He said, he said to me a week prior to this, he said to me, um, and the school made mention of this when they came to my house, that my son... First off, he came to me. He said that um, there's this kid in school that's messing with me, and he constant because my son dyed his hair. After all the change he made, all this change to himself, I guess he became uncomfortable with himself. With all the sudden changes, I don't think he really was comfortable in the skin with these changes, even though he did it himself. Um, so we had these kids, uh, and it was one particular kid that he talked to me about. I can't remember the name, or even if I did, I wouldn't mention the name. But um, he uh, told me that this kid was just constantly watching him every day and would, you know, make certain remarks to him. And uh, he said to me, he said, Daddy, I just want to hit him in his face. I just want to hit him. And I said, Deshaun, the school already put you in a juvenile system where this I went there with you, and they said, if you get in any more problems, and you never fight before, so why you want to fight now? You're getting problems for simple stuff. But now you're there. You can't even defend yourself. So now you have to take it to a higher authority in school. You have to go to the office. You have to go talk about this kid. Um, my son never came back to me and told me he went to the office. The school did. The school mentioned to me when they were on my couch after my son was dead that uh, – that following Monday morning, he came and he asked the same questions that he asked me to the counselor. He even went ahead and said, um, hypothetically, is his words, quote unquote, hypothetically, what would happen if I was to fight this kid, but not on the school premises, you know? And um, I guess they told him what would happen or whatever. But that was him right then again asking for help or telling somebody of authority that this is going on, but not in the way that, you know, he would probably want to say it because it seems to me that he was scared, you know. Um, they showed a video about him fighting on the news. Well, my son posted that video on Instagram. He did it himself. Uh, the, the police has his phone right now because of investigation or whatever else going on. My son also talked to certain kids and told them that they were the reason for him making his decisions. It's all there. Like, he left it on. So mm -hmm. when that letter went out and they were saying that I said my son was going through stuff at the house and that's all they said, that's what made me wanted to speak up. 
because that's this was a letter that the school district yes. the school sent out. Yes. Yeah. You know, because my son made it known to these kids that when I'm gone, you are gonna regret this. He said it. He changed his name to Shawnee is dead. You know, he left. These and you learned you didn't learn about this when it was happening. You no, it after his mom called me from the bar. I don't go on his social media pages. I mean, they're a bunch of young kids. I'm 36 years old. I don't I don't do that type of stuff. You know, um, I go on social media, but with my own pairs. Yeah, yeah. You know, I you wish see, I did look into it more. I was, yeah, that's I what I'm say saying. I, 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 that's why I'm here to tell parents now too. You need to do more things like that also. Yeah. You know, because yeah. I wish I did. His mom called me from all the way in the Bahamas to ask me. And he was already gone. Do you see what's on the Sean page? And that's when I saw the fight for the first time. I mean, tears come to my eye, Mr. Mr. Funky, Michael. Tears came to my eye because that's not my son. Yeah. I don't know that person that was in there. I didn't even know he could have fight or even throw a punch like that. Um, when I saw it, I was shocked. Tears was coming to my eye. And then I saw another video with him fighting. And to me, it was like, What's going on here? You know, not just him, but they're treating each other like dogs, like animals. You know, you, you're out in the yard and you're just throwing punches. Now that he's gone, was I... This at, was this at the school? Um, One of them were at the school, in the school bathroom. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know, you know, what was up with that situation. What was... <laughs> that was something that was puzzling to me because it happened on the school grounds in the bathroom. But the, the second one, I don't know exactly where it was because it was outside. And but um, like I said, uh, I I didn't even recognize the child in the video, and that was my son because I do not know him as that person, not even a fighter. You know, he hardly ever get mad. If he's mad, he's more quiet and timid, and he'll go in his corner, you know, not fight or get loud or scream or anything. So when I saw that, I was shocked. But um, like I told uh, Pedro, that's his name from KTV, um, we need to find out what led up to that video, what led up to that fight, you know, because he's been complaining about these things for a while. Um, what was going on in school. Not much, but he has made mention. You know, um, after he was gone, some of his friends came to the house and they talked about a kid pulling him out the back seat of the car. And, you know, I don't know if he threw him on the ground or whatever, but he pretty much embarrassed Deshaun. That is how I felt um, because my son didn't have gas money. So he wasn't allowed to go in the car. Um, so that's where that altercation started from that week. It's what the kids was telling me. I don't know. To be honest with you, sir, I really didn't want to follow that up. If there was any following up to do, I thought that the police would have get back to me and let me know what was going on. I still haven't heard anything from them. I don't really know what's going on with the investigation in the school. Right. Um, that's something there I... Is, there is some form of investigation going yes, on. Yes, there is. Yeah. Yes, it is. Cause We're going to have to take a quick break here, and we'll be right back. Okay. Okay. Thank you. The Ultimate Oldie Show. The most powerful 
an unrecognized person in the music industry, Chubby Trucker. If it hadn't have been for Morris Levy, there wouldn't have been a Tommy Jane. Mostly they responded to uh, Dancing in the Moonlight every single time we played it. We have this guy, Ron Dante, who will come in and he'll sound like them. And they would pay you $15 for a vocal and $5 for an overdub of background. The Ultimate Oldies Show with Mike Fisher, Fridays, 6 p.m. and Sundays, 6 a.m. on 88.9 KPOV. Hi, this is Billy Bragg, and you're listening to the Radical Songbook on 88.9 KPOV and kpov.org. Okay, we're back. So um, during the break there, I, I asked uh, uh, Donovan, uh, Donovan Adderley, that, just for those of you who don't know, you are listening to the Radical Songbook. This is your host, Michael Funky. Donovan Adderley is here in the studio with me for the hour. Uh, we're talking about um, his son, Deshaun who died from suicide on December 14th and, and um, things that led up, led up to that. So um, when we met over breakfast, you said that you didn't feel that race was an issue in this specific instance, but uh, no, when we were taking a break here, you did mention that he has had issues with racism oh, uh, yes. in the community and yes. in schools. Yes. You know? um, with Like you said, with this issue, I've, I doubt that the race had any part to do with it. Um, but in the past, he's have dealt with it. His brothers dealt with it. Um, for me, even as the parent, um, I'm not from America. I'm from the Bahamas. If, if you guys didn't hear my accent, I'm from the Bahamas. So when it comes to that, I really never experienced that in my whole growing up and straight on to my adult life until I was 26 and actually moved to America. And that's me being honest and bringing my kids here. Because in the Bahamas, it's a tourist destination. Um, we have people of all color, all race come there, and we want to make you happy so you can leave happy. And that's our number one industry to make money, to make our living. So, you know, racism, I wasn't nothing in my mind. I You know, I never experienced it until... First, my kids brought it to me that there were kids in the neighborhood that was calling them names. And, you know, and they were young at the time. This when he first, Deshaun first came here, he was five. And when they started to go to school and um, getting in the system a little more, they ran into kids that, you know, would make fun of them because of their color. But he he dealt with that a few times. I wouldn't say as much as maybe Jerron might have dealt with it. Um, that's your older son? Yeah, that's my older son. But um, like I said, with this situation, I, I doubt it. But they have dealt with it. And um, when they come to me and talk about it, you know, like I said, it's something I never really experienced until now. And now I know how to deal with it a little better because I've been here for 10 years now. Here in Bend. You yes. mo- You moved from the Bahamas straight to, to, Bend. to Bend. Yes. Right. Yes. And um, so all of my experience, what I'm talking about is here, here in Bend, right. you know, and um, I had to learn too. Whilst I was teaching them and talk to them, talking to them, I had to learn as I go on how to deal with the situation, you know, because sometimes you, you go places and people won't straight forward say something to you negative, but you can hear it, you know, um, but the kids are more direct. They, they, they're not that. That wise to kind not of go, yeah, it's not yeah. as filter, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they're more direct. So, Sean had to, and I wouldn't say I'm the greatest parent in the world when I, because, like I said, I didn't know the the 
how to deal with it. I told my kids to defend themselves. Let them, they could say whatever they want to say to you, but just don't let them touch you. And that was, that's where I regret things too. Because back then, I didn't know how to deal with the situation. And um, I just was going off of how I would have deal with it in my head. When I could have probably explained to my kids them a little better, you know. Um, but now, like I said, I learned along with them on how to deal with it. Because I was angry. When my kids come home and they're crying to me and saying, you know, these kids are teasing them because maybe they can't afford the shoes they're wearing or, you know, they, they look a certain way, their color or whatever. They, I get hurt. I get angry, you know. Um, I've even had kids knock on my door and the kid wanted to put me out of the way to fight my son. And I asked him, I was like, what is this all about? And he said, Daddy, it all started from them calling me names, you know. And... Um, this was Jerron, my oldest son. He was 14, 13 at the time. And I had this kid came to my door, you know, and he said they were calling me names in um, more of a racial term because that's what we we got into that. I talked to him about it. It's more of a racial term. Um, this was maybe seven, eight years ago. Nobody really, Jerron doesn't have that problem anymore because he's more of a well-known kid in school for his sports he plays basketball football um he, he's also at summit high school yes yeah. he goes to summit he he wrestles he um he does his own music right now he writes his own music so a lot of kids know him and they know deshaun because of jerron so a lot of that um racist pressure and all of that the racist comments i think a lot of it went away as they got older and kids know who they were it went away. So this last situation, I doubt it. But they have experienced quite quite a bit of it between yeah. both of them. And and you have too. And I want to get to that if we have time. Um, but I wanted to just mention something if I could. Yes. So yeah, I mean, you moved to Bend, and and you know, listeners, there's you know, you all know this. If you're if you're living here in in Deschutes County in Central Oregon, that you know, ninety percent of Deschutes County is white. And, you know, less than 1% is African-American or black. Um, less, a little less than 8% are Latino. And so that's, that's according to the most recent data, which is uh, about a year old, a year and a half old, I guess. And, and, you know, the school system, not surprisingly, the school system reflects that. Mm-hmm. Um, Summit High School is a little bit more, has a little bit higher percentage of white students than the other two, than the other high schools, the other three high schools, actually. It's a little, little bit higher than... Uh, than Bend or, or Mountain View or even Marshall High in terms of um, the percentage of, of students that, that are white. It's in the 80s, 80%. And according to the Oregon Report Card, which is a, 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 a statewide thing, you can find it online if you just Google Oregon Report Card and you can find information about all the school districts in the state uh, and all the schools in the districts too. And, and the school district the, one of the one of the things that I think is you know something that I, I'm hope I hope that the uh, and 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 believe that the school district want, wants to address is the idea that um, the their staff the staff is actually even whiter than the than the uh, than the student population uh, di- across the district and I can't speak to specific um, schools and I and I do want to mention one other thing that uh, in terms of resources is that. Uh, um, Summit High, the principal did send a letter mm-hmm. after Deshaun died, offering counseling uh, through the Tri County Response Team and through some other community resources. Yes. And and then more recently, they did 
put a um, publicize a new app called First Step, the First Step program, which is uh, which provides counseling and support for troubled students through an organization called Safe Oregon. It's an area. It's a place where students can confidentially report cyberbullying or physical or verbal assaults or any other forms of harassment. So, if listeners want to know more about um, Safe Oregon, you can go to uh, www bend.k12.or.us slash district. If I were you, what I would do is I would go to Google and I would just hit Ben Lapine School District because that's what I did. And then you'll find um, their website. And on their website, you'll be very easy to find the Safe Oregon information. You can also, uh, or the First Step information, I should say. And you can also go to firststeporegon.org and that'll put you directly in in connected to first step the safe program so but i do know that that mr Riley, some of your concerns are that you were you you've you've already made it very clear to us i think that you feel that you should have done more but you also feel that the school could schools could possibly be doing more around these issues yeah i really do um not I just I don't want to put the school on to say it's the school fault or just the school. You know, I think it's the community as a whole. Um, the church should be more involved as well as the school. Um, you got boys and girls programs that kids go to. Um, all these kids, every every organization that has anything to do with kids, they should have some somewhere for maybe trouble kids to go to or, you know, kids like Deshaun in every way. Because uh, I'm pretty sure that some of the schools may have had him as a troubled kid, which maybe in the office once a month or a troubled kid is going through problems in depression. You know what I mean? I think uh, as a community, we should have some place for these kids to attend and to help them out, to to have better help for them. Um, like I said, not just the school. But the school could do a little more because the kids spend more of their time in the school. Yeah. Than they even home with me. Right. You know what I'm saying? So Yeah. yeah. And it, and it's so different today than it was back, you know, I'm 70 years old. I can remember you know, going through a little bit of bull, being bullied myself oh, when, I yes. was, when I was in the sixth, <laughs> sixth grade. I got but, my pocket check, Michael. <laughs> you know, yeah, I know. And, 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 but, you know, there was no internet. There. I mean, basically, exactly. I, you know, I went through a period in, in where myself where I, you know, where I, for a brief amount of time, I dreaded going to school, you know, mm -hmm, because mm -hmm. of a couple of, couple of kids that I were, that were in my, my class, but it passed, you know, but to today, but today it's kind of because of the technology, it's kind of 24 seven. Exactly. And, and the, you told me that you your take son the bullying was, home with you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What, the problems home with you after you leave the school, you're still in your phone and you're still getting, you know, so they're getting it 24 seven. Like I said, I got my pockets checked, but that's only six, uh, six hours out of the day after that. I'm back home and I don't see these kids or I don't hear from them, you know? And, um, one thing, uh, that I believe in too, cause this is how I was raised. Um, and the counselor who was talking to my kid the night of December 14th, she asked him, do we know what fight or flight is? 
And um, that's what I had to do growing up. Either you fight or you run, fight or flight, <laughs> you know. So that means you're going to stand up to the bully or you're going to find your way around the bully. But there was bullying. Back then, we didn't call it bullying. That was just, I don't right. know, you know. I can't remember what we called it. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember what we called it. It was just that kid. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, so, and, and, and you know, not only the technology, but, you know, I mean, and this is my opinion, that um, we are um, in this country right now experiencing a form of bullying from the very top of the leadership, political leadership in our country. Oh, yeah, Our exactly. president in my opinion, is a bully. And and I think that filters down to some respect, you know. And But I, I, I do want to stress because it was, you know, I think it is very important and, and, uh, and uh, uh, hold on here. Give me just a second. David Vesico made this very clear to me in a conversation that we had and in some emails that he sent me. Is, I think it's important, and you've already kind of alluded to this, that it, it's not... Uh, I guess the best way for me to just say it is directly is that that bullying isn't the only thing that ca- can cause anyone mm-hmm. to decide to die by suicide. There's a multitude of factors. Oh yes. There's a mul- there's many many things that come into play, but bullying is part it, of that. Yes, it could be one. And then this is what people don't understand. Is what I'm trying to say when I do when I bring up my separation is my kid was already going through stuff, so the bullying was just over the edge, you know. Um, that's what I wanted them to get. It's not that he uh, uh the bullying did no, he was already going through stuff. This kid had no idea what he was going through at, in his house. Uh, you know, at his time away from school, they didn't know what he was going through, but he was going through a lot already. You know, he was even on top of what I was going through with my wife and he saw in the house, he was still missing his biological mom. He was still wanting to see his biological mom. He was still in this depression of, you know, um, I haven't seen my mom in 10 years, nine years, got his own little questions going on in his head, you know, and then. I have problems, which and he's involved with, and then he also got to go to school and deal with these kids also on a daily basis. Like you said, bringing home the bullying, you know. Um, one of the messages that was sent to my son that night of was he was going to get gang and leave to die. I mean... That was just one of the messages that I knew of that night of December 14th. I don't know who it came from. I didn't even look into it. I don't want to know. I don't want to know who sent him that message. But that was one of the messages that he got that night that when they see him again, which was going to be the next morning at school, that they was going to gang him and leave him to die. Um, And it's just crazy to me because... I didn't put it all together until now. Three weeks ago, my son came to the room and he asked me, he said, Daddy, uh, do I have to go to school tomorrow? And I said, what, uh, tomorrow uh, <laughs> you have a half a day or a fun day or <laughs> you're not doing anything to school tomorrow? And he's like, no, I just don't want to go. And he knows me. 
School is not an option. You don't have an option. You don't pick a day and choose when you want to go to school. Not in my house, not under my roof, not under my rules. You know, so I told him, I said, if you have school tomorrow and you have classes tomorrow, you don't have a choice, buddy. You have to go to school. Not knowing that my son just didn't want to see these kids that day. He just wanted a break. He didn't tell you. He didn't tell me. Yeah. He didn't say nothing. Yeah. You know, he just said, I didn't, I don't feel like it. I don't feel like going. Yeah. You know, but he was trying to take his little break and get away. Or maybe they told him they was going to do him something that day where he didn't yeah. want to be, you know, who knows? You know, that's what I'm saying is I wish I could do more. There was things that I saw, but I didn't take it the way it was actually given to me. Right. You know what I mean? Um, that's why I'm here today. That's why I want parents to open up their eyes. So if you see things like this, you get on it right away because you don't want to be in my position. I don't wish this on nobody. You know, I today, last night, I don't get sleep. All I could think about is when I wake up, my son's not going to be here. You know, um, I go to his room. I expect to open up the door and see him, and he's not there. I take up my kid's food. I reach for four plates. I only have three now. You know, I don't wish this for nobody. So that's why I'm here. Because there's things that I saw and I, I missed it. You know? And I don't want nobody else to be in that shoe. Well, I want to really thank you for doing this. It's um, my pleasure. It's it can't be easy. I know it's not easy, and and it's it's obviously I'm just really understating so much here. Um, so um, we have. I I wondered if you'd be willing to um, talk a bit about your own experiences here in Bend since you're here. Um, you did tell me that there have been a couple of situations that where you felt uh, that you may have been profiled. <laughs> I, you know, when we talk and we had breakfast, I was like, "Wow, there's so many I did not tell you about." <laughs> uh, I'm well, I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah, there's so many I didn't tell you about them um, because I made mention about the Walmart situation. Yeah, so the Walmart situation is for folks who don't recall that was back in <laughs> it was just this past year in the summer in the yeah spring I think it was yeah, where right. there was yeah, a yeah. there was a, a a person who went into the Walmart in the south side of town and, and fired two shots uh, to try and open up. A, it's a crazy thing to do. Try, <laughs> yeah. try, try to fire two shot, pistol a shots at a, at a lock to try and get into some electronic equipment mm -hmm. and got away. Got away. Okay. Has still not been caught. Or nothing, caught yeah. And he was black. Mm -hmm. And uh, and what happened to you? Um, so I was hanging out with an older gentleman, one of my friends, Joe. He's a good guy, good friend of mine. And um, my wife called, and she was in a panic. She was panicking. Donovan, the police are here, and they're looking for you. They they said they come to get you, to arrest you. Like, sure, they got their man. You know, they sure, they were sure it was me, is how she was pretty much telling me. Like, they're, they're for me. So at that point in time, I didn't know really what was going on. I saw the little... Uh, um, Did you know about the incident? I saw the incident on Facebook. Yeah. Somebody posted it, but yeah. I didn't read it. I didn't... Right. To me, it was like, whoa, this is crazy. This, you know, right. uh, nothing like that happens in Ben. So I thought it was fake news. But um, so I went home. I went home right away and the police officer was there and they did approach like 
they got their man, you know? And I was like, what is this about? And they asked me if I was at Walmart. Mind you, I live right across the street from Walmart. I go <laughs> to Walmart maybe two times a day. Right. Well, on the other side, you're you're on the other side of the the parkway. Yeah, the from, parkway. Yes. But yeah, yes, you're, yes. you're a few, right. a few yes, blocks away. A few blocks away, not yeah. far away. To me, yeah. it's right across the street. Yeah, I walk yeah. there. It's nothing. Yeah. So, mind you, I'm in Walmart almost every day, and um, so they asked me, "Were you in Walmart today?" It's like, yeah, two o'clock this morning. That situation happened at four. Um, so they showed me a picture. Asked me if I if two that, o'clock in the morning. I was at Walmart at 2 o'clock in the morning oh. that morning. I went okay. to go get Pampas, I think, okay. for my baby. But the situation yeah. happened like 4. Yeah. And um, so they showed me the picture, and they asked me if that was me. I said, no, that's not me because the clothes, whatever. And um, one of the officers noticed that the guy had a clean shaved, and I had a goatee at that time. So he's like, there's no way you grew that un- overnight. But a lot of people was calling in and saying that it was you. I was like, who's a lot of people? Why would people call and say it was me? You know, but um, that's what they was getting, that people were calling in to the police station and saying, hey, you need to go check Donovan. Well, I don't blame them for that if that's what people was doing because maybe, you know, some people don't take me as the most friendly guy on social media because I do speak my mind. Um, if someone come against me in a funny way, I will speak my mind. So maybe that's why they was thinking I'm that person. But like I told them, in my video afterwards, stealing is not part of my forte. I, I I don't want to put that nowhere on my name for someone to say, Donovan Adderley, you are a thief. You, I know you as you did this before. No, that's something I don't do, you know. So, um, but that situation with people saying it, it didn't really get to me. What I know of my experience in um, Banya as being black, I've been in the passenger seat of a vehicle before. My same friend, I was talking about Joe, this older gentleman. We were going to Lowe's because I was going to help him do some work at his house, and he wanted some equipment. And we got a state trooper, followed us uh, for a couple blocks. He was checking the license plate. The license plate check out to be fine. So he was about to take us over, Michael. And as he was taking over, I'm fine because I didn't do nothing. So we're kind of looking at him. I'm kind of looking to the passenger side at him as he was taking over. And he looked up in the truck and saw me. He literally put on his brake to come back behind us. As we was turning on the light, that had turned into um, Target parking lot because we're mm-hmm. going across the lows now. He flipped on his lights. Um, the guy I'm driving with was like, what's going on? Yeah, he was just about, I saw him checking my plate. He was just about to leave. So the state trooper got out of his vehicle and came to my door. I'm the passenger. Is your, is your friend that you were with black or white? He's a white older man. He's okay. like 56. Okay. And um, so I guess, I don't know if the police thought I was doing something to him. I don't know. But um, he pulled us over and we're in the parking lot of Target and he comes over to my side of the, we're not in the, I could see if we were in traffic and he have to come on my side. We're in a parking lot, an open parking lot. He come on my side and wanted to see my ID. I said, for what, sir? I'm not driving a vehicle. I thought you pull a vehicle over and this is the driver. Mm-hmm. You know, I need. I want to see your ID. I want to know who you are. So mm-hmm. not, I don't have a problem with it. I gave him my ID. He went on to asking the driver of the vehicle 
do we know me? Where do we know me from? All of this other questions about me. It's like, why are you so concerned about me? I'm in the passenger seat. I'm not even driving. I didn't even do anything. You know, that's one of my experience. Second one, <laughs> I was walking with a big yellow, I mean, duck. Remember I told you about this experience? I was walking with a hoodie on, right. lime green a duck. University of Oregon. Hoodie. Yes, lime green duck with a big yellow Oregon in the front of it, the O in the front of it. And I'm walking down the freeway. Again, a state trooper coming the opposite way, stop and pull me over. I said, I'm walking, sir. Um, what am I doing? He said, I look suspicious because I have my hoodie on. First off, I'm from the tropics. I'm always cold. Even in the summertime, I'm cold. Yeah. <laughs> and then I'm always cold. So that's why my hoodie is on, you know. And I don't even think it was in the summer. It was in the um, springtime, almost, not springtime, but fall, almost wintertime. So I was cold. That's why I was wearing my hoodie, sir. I wasn't hiding my face. I'm wearing a big, bright I'm not hiding from anybody wearing this bright color there's, walking down the freeway. There's a few University of Oregon hoodies in town. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> I, you know? That's what I'm saying. So why me? Um, I mean, I could go on and on. I got pulled over for not having a front license plate. Um, I was living in Redmond at the time, coming down the bend. I didn't have a front license plate on the front of the car, but it was in the car. I went to reach for it to show the officer because I asked him, I said, why are you pulling me over? He said, you don't have a license plate on the front of the car. I said, it's right here. I went to, to pull it out to show him. He said, don't move. Don't touch anything. Next thing I know, I'm getting pulled out of my car and standing in the front of the car in the hood. And he's getting his camera out and giving me a mugshot on the side of the road. I'm taking the mugshot front side. And he told me to stand to the side and take a picture to the side. And I'm asking him, I said, officer. I I drove before, I've driven before. Um, I have friends that driven and got pulled over before, and I've never seen this procedure. What are you doing? He said, this is for my own personal reference. Wow. For what? You, so you really? pull me out of the car and you take, and, and I put this on everything. I'm, I won't make up any stories. These are my experience here. Yeah. You know? And then they wonder why. Uh, I do feel like there's some type of profiling going on because those type of actions, I don't see that happening to everybody around you. Well, no, and, and in fact, I, you know, I hope this doesn't get me into trouble. But I actually, on one of our vehicles, mm -hmm. um, I can't. I moved here from a state that um, didn't require a front license plate. Yeah, and I and I've been here for seventeen years, and I have a vehicle that does not have a front license plate, and I've never put a front license plate on it. I know. It's because I was driving. He saw me drove in and he flipped. He, 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 you know, he flipped. Just one example. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I know. That's what I'm saying. I yeah. know. I seen it. After that, I pay attention to plenty cars with no front license plates. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And yeah, it's just it's just that way. Yeah. It is what it is. Um, yeah. I could go on and on. Like I said, I on and well, on about that one. I've had yeah, and quite then, a few experiences. I, yeah. And, and if, you know, maybe... Um, well, I, I really appreciate you coming in, obviously, and talking about um, your your son and 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 I want to give you an opportunity to you know kind of close on that. But maybe we could, maybe you could, if you're interested, maybe we could uh, at a, on a future show talk more about your experiences in Bend if you're if you're oh, yes, willing I'm, to do I'm, that. I'm willing. I'm willing. Because I think I think listeners need to know that you know what it, what people of color experience in this community. You know, and that that if you're white, you do not experience. It's I'm, not. It's a, a it's a, it's a world of difference. I will leave this here and say this though: 
like I said, I came straight to Ben um, from the Bahamas. I've never met so many beautiful people in my life also, though. I've run into race, you know, a lot of racism. And, you know, like I said, most of it is people of authority, though. Yeah. <laughs> you see yeah. what I'm saying? Most of it is people of authority. Um, I've never met so many warm, loving people in my life. People in Ben, you know, um, they're friendly. They're all going. Um, they're supportive. Like with my son, I did not expect the amount of support me and my wife got, my family got, period. I mean, it was overwhelming. It still is. Um, so I don't want people to get the idea that I'm saying Ben is racist. But there are, there's a lot of it still going on. And, you know, it's, it's in your face. Yeah. It's in your face. Well, Donovan Adderley, I really appreciate you coming in. Is there anything more that you want to say in terms of the situation with with Deshaun or to the to, um, to the family, the families here in Central Oregon? Just try to pay more attention to your kids. You know, if you see something, you should say something. That's the old saying. They say if you see something, say something. If you see something going on in your kids, that's you know different or trends changing you should maybe look into that a little more than what you normally would do you know um a lot of people know me for being with my kids and being there for my kids and like i said in the beginning i pride myself on that but um even with me doing all of that i still lost my son because there was something i didn't do right <laughs> there was something i didn't look into there was something i couldn't see you know um or didn't move fast enough or that um, other people didn't see too. exactly, you know. I and mean, it's a community. It, it's it's the community. Exactly, it's, it's a community issue. That my grandma used to say, "It takes a village to raise a kid," and I really believe that. You know, um, not one two people could look over a child. Because, like I said, he's at school more than he's home with me. Right. So that's one of the reasons. Like I understand now when she said that it's, it takes yeah. a village to raise a child. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Well, thanks again. I really, really, really do appreciate it. Thank you. So I do want to thanks close with. Me. I'm sorry. I no, I said thanks for having oh, me. Okay. Yeah. Well, ha we'll have you come back. Thank you. Uh, and you, you should. You know, I know that you listen to Terrell's show. Maybe you should uh, bring in some music for Terrell to play on his show some night. I I I, I done that already. A oh, few you have times. already. Yeah, okay. that's where that's where all the relationship came okay. from. <laughs> Good. Good. So I do want to just remind people again, and and I, I can't go into all of the. All of it um, here, but I do want to remind people that, that there are good suicide. There are suicide prevention resources available here in Central Oregon. There is a Deschutes County 24-hour crisis line, 541-322-7500, extension 9. There's a Crook County 24-hour crisis line, one eight six six not excuse me, one eight six 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 three eight seven one zero three. There's the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline, 1-800-273-8255. You can text 23, no, you can text 273-TALK, and you can text that to 839-863. I know I'm throwing a lot of numbers out to you, um, I think you can find all of this material uh, if you're uh, at the Deschutes County Health Services. 
I'd really recommend that as sort of a starting point for anybody that uh, there's Deschutes County Behavioral Health. There's there's a variety of services that are available there through the county. Um, and here at KPOV, uh, we will continue to do what we can on this issue uh, and on related issues uh, because we believe that that's something that uh, that's our mission. Thanks again for tuning in. Um, power to the people. And uh, don't forget to sing your own song. Thanks for listening to this KPOV podcast. KPOV is community radio for the high desert of Central Oregon. For more information and a program schedule, go to kpov.org. And we value your feedback, so drop us a note at podcast at kpov.org.